Hello and welcome to PodSpot, the UK's only HubSpot-themed podcast. My name's Matthew Wood and I'm Head of Digital at Carmen Digital. PodSpot is a bi-weekly look at the latest updates from HubSpot, including practical hints and tips directly from the mouths of HubSpot users and partners. So today we're delving into the murky world of data, and more specifically data migration and management of that data using a system like HubSpot. Actually, well, I say like HubSpot, we're going to be just talking about HubSpot because we're a HubSpot podcast. <laughs> so uh, to talk uh, to me about data, um, it's the one and only managing director of Carmen Digital, John Pittam. If you haven't listened before, he's a, he's a regular on PodSpot, so um, you've probably heard him and he's, you'll also know he's a fountain of knowledge when it comes to uh, the subject of data management. So welcome, John. So it's good to have you back. I was about to say, Matt, thank you, Matt. I was about to say, if, you've, uh, if you're regular, you've heard him before, so you're probably switching off now, I would suggest. But delighted to be here. And you know, you've obviously been invited back for a reason. So yeah, welcome back. Uh, it's great to be here. And great to be here with you hosting, Matt. It's been a while. I think you hosted a few, didn't you? A, I don't know, a year or so ago, maybe a little bit longer. But uh, yeah, good to have you back in the chair. Yes, it's good to be back. It's good to be back hosting the podcast again. Um, you know, I've missed the podcast world and it's it's good to be here back on PodSpot and it's been a it's been quite a while since I uh, hosted the last episode, maybe a year or so. Um, so yeah, let's see where we get to, eh? So let's delve into data. Um, so I want to start off at the beginning, actually, um, you know, when someone's actually moving from an existing CRM over to HubSpot. So whenever somebody is actually planning a data migration or a data move what should they be considering as their first job there's a lot to consider matt um but but i think there's some pretty there's some fundamental things really and and, and one of the things i guess we talk about a lot in relation to any kind of project really in an organization is to start thinking about you know the communication piece so one of the things that we find with uh, data migration particularly is that um, you might get an ops team managing the process and they're really close to the data and the way they use, they use the data. But actually, there's sort of um, outlying areas of the business that use the data in a different way. And, and actually, what's really important is that communication piece to build the right stakeholders, the right channels to ensure that all the information is being gathered effectively in relation to what that migration project, that piece of work needs to look like, to ensure that there's no gaps, to ensure that, you know, people can raise questions and start to throw things into the, the mix, if you like, in terms of things that need to be considered. Often, often it's that, oh, hold on, we haven't thought about this, you know, at the 11th hour that causes problems. So that communication piece at the start to ensure that everyone really understands what's happening in a, in a, in a business and allowing people to, to feedback and input into the process is really important. So communication is really important. We then kind of talk about three steps before you actually start to move data. And those three steps are assess, analyze and cleanse your data. So you know, assess what the requirements are, assess what data they have, where is that data, how is that that data managed, how is that data gathered, etc. what structures it in, um, how is it used, and that assessment, if you like, is the starting point. So really to sort of build a foundation of understanding, um, that's really important, and that can take a long time, and again, that's about talking to different stakeholders, because different people, different software, different tools in the business will use data in, a, in, in different ways. Um, the next step is really to think about analyzing that data, really understanding the quality of the data, 
Um, how is the data structured? Um, what sort of data properties we're dealing with? You know, if there's a data architecture framework, what is that architecture? And are there different systems that use different architectures and how do they relate to each other? So that, that analyzing piece, that real understanding of of what that data looks like, how clean that data is becomes really important. So that analyze step's really important. The third step, I think, in terms of um, uh, it, it, the data piece before you move is then to cleanse that data. Now, you could cleanse that data within um, the existing depositories, so within the existing databases or the CRMs or wherever it is. Equally, you might take that data out to cleanse it and then do something with it in terms of import, et cetera. Um, so that cleanse piece becomes really important. You know, we've all, there is no point taking data that's of a poor quality that isn't allowing you to run the business effectively out of one system and putting it into the, another system because the problems will still occur. So one of the things in relation to adoption of a new CRM or ERP or whatever it might be, one of the really important bits is, is using it as an opportunity to really cleanse your data, put yourself in a good place so that you can make best use um, of the data and, and you know meet the goals and objectives of the project, et cetera, et cetera. So that's really important. Um, we then talk about three stages of um, I guess moving over that migration process once you've cleansed the data and, and that is, excuse me, we talk about extract, transform and load. So ETL. So you, you extract the data out of the system or systems. Okay. You then need to transform your data. And now this is something that often people who maybe haven't been involved in data migration problem uh, projects probably underestimate. And that is, and this transform piece is really important because the fact that you've got one CRM moving to another CRM and you think, oh, well, I'm just going to extract my contact data and my company data and my deal or opportunity data and put it into the other system. Well, actually, the reality is the way these systems work is that their data architecture is very different. So you might have uh, different IDs, different structures within one system that then needs adapting and transforming to ensure that data is suitable to be pushed into a, another system. A really good example is Salesforce. So Salesforce has um, leads and contacts. I think I've said that right. It has leads and contacts, which actually are individual contact records in HubSpot's world. So if you're going to move data from Salesforce to HubSpot, you need to transform that data or consolidate the lead and contact data either into a single contact record or to do something else with it, cleanse it, and then move that data in. So this idea that you can just take one data, export it to an Excel spreadsheet, and import it in, if that's the simplest form, obviously, um, it doesn't necessarily work um, that easily. It isn't that simple. So that transform piece is really important. And then the next piece, obviously, is to load that data into the new system. Now, of course, there's lots of different ways of doing that. Um, and it isn't just a case of taking, you know, 100,000, 200,000, 300,000 records and just dumping them in. That It's got to be really considered carefully in terms of how you do that loading process to ensure that, you know, it's properly tested, etc. Yeah, definitely. I think one of the most important things you mentioned there is around framework and having the right framework and processes in place to actually start looking at data migration properly. Like, one of the things we actually have as a team is a really robust set of Excel templates that we're able to use on most data projects. So it basically allows us to visualize the structure, the architecture of data within the CRM system um, onto uh, this sort of visual form on a spreadsheet. So it's really nicely color coded. It's really easy to follow. It's organized nicely by object and, and data set. 
Um, and it's yeah, it's just really nice to use. And I think by having those sort of processes and templates that you know ready to go um, are really helpful when beginning. Because one of the most daunting things when you start a data project um, is often the overwhelming amount of data that you have to uh, that you have to play around with and you have to cleanse, you have to look at. Um, so I think by properly planning in the first place, you know, having the templates ready to go that you're comfortable using, you know, it'll help you a lot in the beginning, um, when, and especially when you're yeah. starting to plan it out too. I, I think, Matt, sorry, sorry, you just mentioned about it being overwhelming there. I, I, I think if there's one message from this podcast is don't underestimate how complex data migration is. Okay, if you've only got 100 data rec contact records and you're moving to a new system, that's fine. Or maybe even a, a thousand or a couple of thousand. But as soon as you get into volume, as soon as you're looking at moving a legacy of, you know, the last 10 years or whatever it might be, 15, 20 years of data, then it becomes really challenging. You know, the data mapping complexities, you, you know, is 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 something that takes a, a bit of thinking about to get your head around and ensure it's done properly. You know, there's examples of like, you know, you may have a customer ID in one application that let's say accepts, you know, alphanumeric characters, whereas the other application only accepts numeric characters. So how do you deal with that? If you want to, you know, you think you've got two properties that you're just going to map across. Well, actually, it won't necessarily accept that property because the data structure in the other system hasn't been set up properly. So, you know, it's that kind of complexity that, that really needs thinking about. Yeah, and often, you know, we find that our clients just won't treat data as a big project. Um, and the, you know, they'll think it'd be quite easy to, to sort out when it, it's just never easy. Um, and, you know, when you, you know, one of your answers in the previous question there, it's actually, there's actually a lot to consider when it comes to data and it shouldn't ever really be underestimated as any part of the project or just a little part of the project. You know, we find that data is often the, you know, the biggest part of a CRM move or a migration um, from one platform to another. So it, it has to be properly thought out and planned and considered. And you can't really just have it as a throwaway part of the project where you spend a little bit of time on. So the more you can think about it, the more you can plan for your data, uh, the data phase, yeah. um, the better really. So that kind of sets me up for my next question when we think about tools that will help us to to do data migration data management a lot easier so in terms of tools in your opinion john um what tools are there out there and what are your recommendations of tool to use to begin with with data migration and management um i guess it really depends on the the project and the scope and the type of data we're talking about um you know so yeah there's plenty of tools out there there's there's you know you can you can have some on-premise tools you can have cloud tools that will all help this kind of migration and unpack the complexity of it you know tools as simple as google sheets or excel you know they can be used to manipulate that data to to put it in the right format to import in depending on the scale of the project so you know i wouldn't actually underestimate the power of something like excel if you've got a complete excel whiz who can do all sorts of clever stuff with with Excel, then that might actually address a, a lot of the problems, a lot of the challenges. But equally, there's plenty of tools out there in the cloud. Um, you know, a quick Google of, you know, a data migration software will come up with lots of different tools. And they all, they all, they, they, you know, there's a wide range of benefits with them. And some will suit different types of applications. Um, you also find that now more data migration 
is being undertaken via the likes of API. So actually, rather than a kind of an export out, um, people are looking to, okay, so how do we build a tool that can, if, if they're both systems or both platforms are compatible, how do we build a, build a tool that will take data out of one, manipulate it and put it, build a script and manipulate that data so that it's suitable for platform B and then push it into platform B. So, you know, lots of tools out there, a bit of Google searching, we'll, we'll, we'll find a few, but it really does depend on the requirements because different systems are, you know, better aligned to different tool sets. Yeah, I agree. And we're actually starting to see HubSpot try to address this themselves with the introduction of Operations Hub, which was actually released, I want to say maybe you know, three or four months ago, something like that. There's actually now an enterprise level of Operations Hub as well, which you know includes everything from advanced data calculations and a data set functionality. And it allows you to automate a lot of data quality and data management volume issues within the system. So HubSpot as well now, they've released this tool into the market. They understand that data is a massive pain point for, for HubSpot users, CRM users in general, migrating from one system to another. And they're starting to enable this a lot more um, within the actual system themselves rather than having, having to use a third-party app or anything like that or uh, you know purchasing a separate system to, to manage data. So I think, in my opinion, if you, you know, you're a larger organization, You've got some extra budget to spend as well. Um, you should probably think about purchasing Operations Hub at the same time as moving on to HubSpot because it, it could potentially save you potentially months of pain down the line, you know, um, with the tool set that's offered in Operations Hub. Yeah, yeah. And it's fundamental sense. You know, that just allows you, doesn't it, to, to manipulate the data within HubSpot. So, you know, a simple use case is capitalization of surnames. You know, if you've got surnames coming in and, and some don't have a capital letter, others do, you can actually use the Ops Hub as a bit of a workflow just to update that property to ensure it's all in a common format. So those 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 sorts of tools are really neat in terms of ensuring um, your data is clean, clean as it comes into uh, HubSpot. And yeah, another thing as well, you know, with operations on HubSpot now, there's there's actually a suite of workflow automation tools that allow you to automatically cleanse data based on another, a number of different factors. So, you know, HubSpot is jumping on this, uh, this area, um, the pain of cleansing data and keeping data clean, managing data, you know, and they're trying to automate it as much as possible. Um, and some of the automation is really powerful as well in there that you can use, and it does save you a load of manual time and effort down the line um so yeah definitely check out those automation tools within operations hub okay so moving on to the next question then uh let's just talk a bit about the negative side of things when when it goes wrong in data migration because it can happen very easily and it's actually very common in any project to have uh, an issue with data or to trip up on data and it's always going to be the area that most we see that most clients fall down on, on migration it's it's around data so John, what what do you think, what, what in your opinion are the common mistakes that you see clients and HubSpot users make when it comes to data migration? I think one of the important things is, is to be realistic, okay? So if you are looking at pulling over legacy data and, and you know, let's say that legacy data is five, 10 years old and you're talking about 10,000 plus records or 20,000 records or 100,000, 200,000 records, you've got to accept that there are gonna, there are going to be some outliers. There are going to be some problems. There are going to be, you know, it isn't going to be uh, plain sailing and clean and your extract and it goes in beautifully day one and everything's everything's up and running. There will be some issues. So 
actually being realistic about it, I think is is really important to know that you're going to have to work through some problems. Um, having said that, you can mitigate those problems, obviously, through the stuff we're talking about before in terms of, you know, assessing, analyzing and cleansing data before it comes across. So so really, for me, fundamentally, the, 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 the issues that people face, the problems that arise are because people probably don't spend enough time or thought around the data migration challenge. Um, and they're not really ready and set up for the problems that 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 can that can that can arise from it really and that might be because of lack of expertise you know the likelihood is if you're migrating from one crm to another and you're doing it in-house you probably haven't done that before or you haven't done it for five or ten years or systems you have moved from have been different and smaller or whatever they might be so actually you know it's a pretty unique experience so you do need to wrap around it the expertise either in-house or externally to manage that process yeah and that brings me on to my next question really so you know for a lot of businesses when they're thinking about data migration it can be really easy for them to try and you know wash their hands of it try and get somebody else to do it and look after it it's difficult you know it's natural that you you want to sort of palm that off but in your opinion you know should data migration and management always be kept in-house or do you think you can realistically outsource it oh i i think you can definitely outsource it but but i think there's a real requirement for a deep understanding of data and the use of data, which really can only come in-house so or, or, or be driven from in-house knowledge. So if you're going to use a third party to do that data migration piece to help with that process, you've really got to ensure that they have um, the right insight and understanding of data structure within the business. And therefore, you know, the right people to talk to, the right people as part of the project team to make that a success. If they don't have that and you just bring someone in and say, oh, we'd like to migrate our data over. If they don't have that full understanding of the use of data, the history to the data, the background of the data, you know, why data is structured in the way that it is, then, then the chances are that the project won't be successful. You know, it's a really strange thing, isn't it? I know we've had a project recently whereby you know, there were some data fields that, you know, the people were talking to, the stakeholders, they go, oh, no, no, they're not relevant. We don't really need those. Um, but actually, they were really important for someone at the end of the process, you know, within the operation side. Um, and, and, and actually, that only became apparent when they started to use the system and said, hold on, this data is missing. And actually, it was a fundamental piece of the jigsaw for those guys that wasn't identified early on. So that, that, that kind of that real understanding and deep knowledge of, of data sets and what's required is really important. Yeah, I think that's a really important point, John. You know, bringing in all the different business functions that are going to have different stakeholders that you know that are going to be using data within HubSpot. Uh, and I know in some businesses, especially um, where in larger organisations where departments aren't as aligned as they should be, it can be really easy to miss data, data sets um, if if somebody's not involved. It should be. Um, so I think it's really important to get input from the right teams all the time. So, yeah, involving everyone is very important. I think, sorry, Matt, I'm just jumping in, and I'm only saying this because I've just thought of it, and, and I think it's very relevant, is I think one of the other issues, and, and this goes back to that comms piece and understanding, is is almost what you'd talk about as a data dictionary in terms of what what do those labels, that those data properties, what do they actually mean? You know, and I take... And, and language is really important in terms of data to make sure the whole project team and people who are involved are really... Everyone's on the same page. You know, a really good example is that you know, Salesforce, Salesforce talks about deals as opportunities, whereas HubSpot talks about um, 
deals as deals in that they're their labels. So they mean the same, they are the same thing, but they're two different words. And that is incredibly common across different systems. And okay, it's not just, it's not just um, opportunities and deals, but it's all sorts of properties that sit within the, the database, you know, registered office or, well, we could think of, of hundreds, couldn't we? Um, and therefore, I think data dictionary, data understanding, labeling becomes really important and ensuring that everyone's on the same page when we're talking about data to ensure that the confusion doesn't set in and it causes us problems. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. So, okay, let's, let's have a look at the next step after the data has actually been migrated into the system. Uh, and what happens next, you know? So, you know, we always hear the stories about CRMs becoming an absolute mess, you know, random data fields being created by loads of people, no naming convention, no folder structure, you know. You know, what's the best steps to start avoiding your CRM becoming a mess when you move on to it? Well, well, the first thing you do after you've done a successful data migration is go and celebrate because you probably you've lost a few uh, nights sleep and, uh, you know, there's a few gray hairs having been through that process. So um, once you once you've done that, once you've you've, in, you've had a bit of a celebration because data is clean, um, I think it's really important that there is that governance piece around data. So how do you ensure that those people using data are uh, managing that data in the most effective way. Um, and therefore, there needs to be some kind of rule book. There needs to be um, some governance structure around the use of data. Now, that might also be in terms of, you know, locking down the CRM or the ERP or whatever system or tool you're using to ensure that only those people with certain permissions can manage that data or even create new data properties, new data fields. We've seen before where, you know, if that's not limited at all, people start to think, oh, actually, I could do, I want to salespeople says, oh, I could really do with a data field called X. And they create this new data field. They start populating it. No one else does. And then someone asks, you know, a year down the line, what's this data field it's got data in? And that's where, you know, CRM bloat, um, you know, is a problem. And, and therefore that whole kind of permissioning becomes really important. So from a governance perspective, permissioning is, is really important um, and, and actually those set of rules and that governance structure and, and real, again, communication, understanding and training in relation to how to use um, the data. I, th I think the other thing I think that's really important, and this is one of the really great things about um, HubSpot, I guess, is that you can start to build um, the, the, the user interface around, around the role. So you only present data to uh, individuals that's relevant to their role. And, and that almost, to some extent, helps control how that data is used and how that data is manipulated so that, you know, salespeople can't input data or see fields that are only relevant to the ops people, or the customer experience people or the service desk. And that idea that, you know, so you come into your CRM and you're presenting with data that's purely relevant to you does help um, just manage the CRM in terms of ensuring data cleanliness. So that that piece is also really important. Yeah, I completely agree. So let's say, you know, you come across a company, they've been using a CRM, they've been using HubSpot for a very long time, and it's a complete mess. There's obviously been no management of it whatsoever. What can be done about that? Um, this, how can you solve that issue of a CRM becoming a mess? It's always a challenge. Um, but it does come back to that original piece we were talking about at the start where, you know, we talked about assess, analyze and cleanse. And, and I guess that's what you do. So, so, you know, if you think about where we do data audits, um, you know, we go in and assess the state of the data. 
Um, we also want to make that assessment and analyze that data against the objectives of the client. So, you know, what is the client wanting to do with that data? Who are the users? What's the purpose of the data? How is that data transitioned around the business? Um, and therefore, that becomes really important. Um, so, so that piece of assessing and analyzing before going into cleansing is basically how you would deal with that. Of course, it's far better to preempt the issue and put the structure and framework in place to to basically keep your data clean but i am yet to come across a crm database that over time doesn't degrade in terms of its quality of data in some way so actually um you know having a a process whereby there's an annual review of the database or you know or the crm and, and and use of data and the cleansing of data actually that can be a good thing so that it just keeps it front of mind rather than actually having to wait three or four years or however long further down the line and you've got a real problem that takes a, a, a huge amount of resource and effort uh to to resolve yeah some good tips i'm interested though in your thoughts john about accountability for data within a business you know, do you think it should always sit with, um, you know, like an internal data champion? Um, or do you think it should be, you know, you think it should actually sit with the different business functions internally? Do you think different business functions should be accountable for their own sets of data and, and objects in the system? Just interested to hear your thoughts around that. I, I think that's a really interesting question. And, and, and not one... Not one actually, Matt. That's down on my sheet to prepare for. So, so I'll I'll take this one off off <laughs> off the cuff. Um, do I think? I I think that there has to be personal responsibility. The personal responsibility has to start with individual users. You know, so they need to accept. And and the benefit, of course, of of CRM systems, there's a full audit trail, so you can start to identify who's causing problems, etc. And and that might mean putting in training. Um, we always think that particularly. Um, for organizations of a certain size, you know, having a CRM specialist in the business, I think is really important. So I think there is worth an investment of paying a either part-time or full-time or whatever that needs to be. It might even be more than one person. It might be a team in larger organizations to have that accountability for best practice and data governance in relation to um, the CRM. So that to me would say one person. Um, I do think that teams should take responsibility for the quality of their data. And the, excuse me, the benefit of course with HubSpot is, is the powerful reports function that, that comes from the data. So actually it's often quite easy to identify where the quality of data is lacking because suddenly you start to see the, the, the reporting not giving you the results you'd expect because suddenly things aren't being captured or people aren't entering data or you know they're not following a due process so actually if you can put the reports in place that report on the data they act as a as a i guess a layer of governance um, that can be then fed into a leadership team or department head or whatever it might be so i'm not sure i've answered that question um, i think a crm specialist is really important i think teams are really important from a from a reporting perspective and a management perspective but i also think personal responsibility is really important i agree i think if as a business you can afford to hire somebody that can literally just look after data in the crm you know a crm manager or a data specialist then i think you know if you're a larger organization it's definitely worth the investment just because you're going to have somebody whose sole job it is to literally just look after management of data in the yeah. system and, and you know in modern business we know 
what opportunity good data can bring, whether that's improving the customer experience, whether it improves marketing performance or sales performance. If you can get that bit right, you know, the likelihood is you're going to um, leverage the return off a full-time hire or team or whatever it might be who are spending, you know, all their time managing data within a CRM and ensuring best practice because because data is is pretty much the the fuel that drives business nowadays in, in, in terms of performance. Yeah, no, definitely. Just one final question, John. What would be your number one tip for anybody if you had to give them one tip starting out a data migration project? Don't underestimate the amount of work involved in a data migration project. If you think it's going to take six weeks, it'll take 12. If you think it's going to take three months, it will take six. If you're going to take, think it's going to take about a year, it's probably going to take two. So, um, yeah, don't underestimate time and resource on data migration. Really good tip. That's a great tip. No one will ever move their data now, will they? No one will ever move their data because it's too painful. It is painful or can be painful, but it's just something that just needs handling in the right way. But but for those that get it right and can really, you, you know, talk about, you know, their, their clean database, their use of data, then it's then it's incredibly powerful. Yeah, no, definitely. Brilliant tips there, John. Some great knowledge. So thanks very much for your time today. I'm sure you'll be back on in a, another Podspot episode in the near future. It's been a pleasure, Matt. Thank you very much. Thanks again to John for his contribution today. Some really good knowledge on data there and hope you got something out of it. And yeah, we did go quite in depth. So um, you're understandable if, you know, that went over your head, but um, that's data for you. You know, it's complicated. And yeah, I think one tip from from my side is uh, plan ahead and put as much planning as possible into the mix. So if you enjoyed this episode of PodSpot, please head over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your preferred platform. And please leave us a review and just let us know what you think of, uh, of PodSpot overall. And don't forget to mention PodSpot to your wider network, your friends, your colleagues, your family, whoever you think might enjoy listening to us. We'll be back very soon with another episode of PodSpot. Thank you. Thank you.